Morning, everybody, and welcome to the Sports Medicine Broadcast Atlas Project Update. We're live at the Dragonfly Max Podcast Lounge in Las Vegas during NETA 2019. We're here with Rob and Larry to talk about some of the updates of Atlas. Welcome, gentlemen. Thanks for the opportunity to be here. Thank you. Yeah, happy to be here. I'm your guest, John Seco, and if you want to join us in the conversation on sportsmedicinebroadcast.com slash atlasupdate or facebook.com slash sportsmedicinebroadcast where we're broadcasting live there. So if you have any questions, feel free to drop them there and Russ will get them over to us. But let's go ahead and just jump right into it. What are some of the updates from the Atlas project? Sure. So uh, we followed up with a very successful year this past year. Um, we have over... Um, 13,488 schools in this country with athletic training services, which is approximately 66% um, that have AT services in this country. Uh, and we had um, 34% that still do not have AT services. So we are at the same exact level that we were at last year, and we're seeing some settling in, in the data. But uh, we have a, an increased response rate um, um, this year as well. So we saw about 1,200 more schools represented this year, and we have about 16,000 surveys, individual surveys from athletic trainers in-house in the past two years. So, you know, huge thanks to everyone out there, all secondary school athletic trainers that are, are committed to taking the Atlas survey every year. Um, and we've had some great publications that are, are in the mix and presentations here at NATA, uh, Rapid Fire just yesterday that was uh, displaying some of the great work uh, that we're able to do from from Atlas. Yeah, I, I sat in on that that talk yesterday, and I thought it was really great. We have some good questions I, I, I generated from that talk. But Larry, go ahead. Yeah, I'd like to thank the BOC as well because they actually um, put on the when you do go in for your license renewal. Yes, there's a little reminder if you work at a secondary school to go ahead and complete Atlas, and, and that really made a difference. We, huge. We, we saw a huge uptick in the amount of people that were you were actually going in and completing. The, the questionnaire and survey and and the mapping was done because of that and now we're seeing that uptick in the survey and I think it's important too that it, it, we're getting at the state level too so now the state levels are pushing it I know in Michigan we're at the second I'm in the secondary schools committee there too so we're it's one of the important uh, goals that we're trying to set forth for the next year is really pushing Atlas and, and just getting it out at the grassroots level too is and showing the importance of it. Awesome. So your 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 goal at Michigan is a hundred percent surveys in Michigan, right? Yes, it's always okay. the goal. I'm gonna hold you to that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's uh there's some huge uh, pushes in some states that I'd like to make mention of uh, Florida being one of them, and we know how many secondary schools are in the state of Florida. It's upwards of a thousand. So uh, they're 70 schools away from being 100% surveyed in the last two and a half, three years here now. Um, and, uh, you know, the more you think about all the things that have happened in Florida, the sudden deaths of some of these high school athletes in the Tampa area for heat stroke and cardiac, area, uh, cardiac death and things like that. Um, when we have these data to help support the athletic training services in those states, they can push legislation. They can make... Uh, cold water immersion tubs available. It helps with the policy change. I know you have a talk with uh, Sam Scarnio coming up, um, you know, uh, either today or tomorrow, and it's focusing on the policy initiatives. We support, Atlas supports the policy initiatives that are making even bigger impacts in this country than, than what this project is. Because if, I, if you tell me you have a cold water immersion tub, and I know that 80% of the schools in Florida have a cold water immersion tub, that mandate 
is so much easier from the high school athletic association when they say, um, yeah, we're going to mandate cold water immersion. And I can tell you that 80% of the schools already have it, right? Yeah, sure. So in Florida uh, specifically, we looked at the impact that socioeconomic status has on the level of AT services that you have. So we merged the database with the, um, the U.S. census consensus data, median income for households and families. And what we found was um, there were massively uh, increased odds of having AT services in upper class versus middle and lower class schools. Uh, and then interestingly in the state of Florida, it was the reverse. From middle to lower, lower class in the state of Florida actually had increased odds of socioeconomic, uh, increased odds of having AT services with low socioeconomic status versus middle class. So that was a kind of an interesting thing that we found and it was very unique compared, we actually have the data on all other states as well. So be looking out for that publication that will be coming out to, to show the impact socioeconomic status has on AT services. So, yes, so we looked, um, we just presented yesterday on all states within the Eastern Athletic Trainers Association. Um, and we looked at District 1 and District 2. Uh, and we found um, that there were nearly 10 times greater odds of having AT services in upper class versus lower class and that it was almost four and a half times greater odds in middle class versus lower class in, in districts one and two. And we actually have that for the entire country as well. And, so, and that in itself can really help a state association or a district you know, association focus their energy on getting a, an athlete training services in those particular areas. You know, this data is gonna drive athletic training services across the country. Right. I think one of the things that, that shocked me was the amount of, or the, the negative impact of leg, or access to care for that lower socioeconomic class. I think we always kind of knew that, we, we were aware of it, but now this data really gives us some pushback and, and some, uh, some meat behind of why we need to provide or why we need athletic trainers in some of those high schools. And it's kind of a double whammy, too, because oftentimes they don't have the health care. Right. And now they're not getting the athletic health care. How many, how many times are athletic trainers the health care provider for our student-athletes? Right. And, and, and not having that, not having access to care, not having access to an athletic trainer or let alone health care alone, that's creating a potential public health issue, correct? Yeah, I, I think, um, like... These kids, if any, every single kid in this country deserves appropriate health care. And when we're showing that just because you're in a low socioeconomic status area that, you know, the odds are you're not going to have AT services, if anything, we should be doing the exact opposite and we should be coming up with plans and ways for companies, insurance companies, big companies who support athletics, um, you know, NFL, you know, NHL, MLB, like all these folks need to, to come together to figure out creative solutions and unique ways to get healthcare in these communities. And these data are the first time 
they're, they're reaffirming what we thought, and that's what you just stated, right? But it's never been published. And now we can say, yes, if you're in low SES, you don't have AT services. And the NATA now and the Secondary School Committee, we can start really brainstorming strategically. What are the best ways to make this happen? You know, is it, is it through legislative change? Is it, you know, looking at Title I schools and need-based? Like, we provide money to schools through the government to allow yeah, them to, to... I was just going to say the federal yeah, funding. Right. So, if anything, we should be, you know, we're providing federal funding for these kids to eat at school, and we're providing them federal funding for the teachers to, you know, roll educate, out curriculums yeah, and educate yeah. them. Why are we not doing things, same thing for their for safety? Healthcare and safety. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So how do we target those those influencers? How do we target those people that have a stakehold in uh, student-athlete care? That's, a, that's, the, that's the whole that's like, a that's a question. That's a million-dollar question. That's the elephant in the room I, right I need now. an answer now. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm hoping and my goal is that, you know, through publication, through getting out to, you know, various social media channels and things like that, through getting in front of the key constituents, the key players that could potentially make a change. Someone's going to come up with that idea. I really hope it's me because I would love to be able to tell you that, it, that, that I came up with it. But um, I think it's going to be a collaborative, you know, group effort. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't, I don't have the answer right now, but I'm hoping it will at least allow people to make better decisions and come up with solutions. And that's only going to happen if people fill out the atlas. Absolutely. They have to. Yes. We need that done. So we need more and more people to, to fill out the, the form and, and to get your information out there and to get this information out to beef up that data for the next go around. Yeah, I, I, would, I would argue um, that this is the most important survey that a secondary school athletic trainer can take. And the uniqueness about these data is that we do not, I do not hold on to the data and wait for the publication. The publication from last year is just getting approved now. We're already on the second year. I am not going to wait for the publication process to happen. I need, I get the data, KSI gets the data back to the states to allow them to make real-time decisions about what is going on in their state. And, and I'm going to interrupt here, and I'm going to let Rob talk about this, but we've had a couple states where they had their State Practice Act was being threatened or, or going to be changed or removed, and the data that was collected from Atlas helped protect them. If you want to talk about that. Yeah. So uh, Arkansas, a primary example, I think I shared this last year, but um, they had, uh, like, like Larry just said, um, a threat to their practice act. And Jason Cates was sitting in um, the office of his legislative representative and he texted me and he's like, what are our numbers? I need them like right now. This was at the beginning of the Atlas process. Uh, and I provided him those numbers on the spot and his, his, um, his legislator looked and said, so how many constituents of mine does this impact? So I have the number of student athletes. I have the number, uh, you know, of, of teachers at the school, okay, who an athletic trainer can also impact as well. And then potentially you multiply that by two, you have the parents of these athletes as well. So you're talking a massive amount of voting members who they have the athletic trainer and their services have the potential to impact. And that legislator said, we're done with this right now and and presented those numbers to his fellow um you know um legislators his colleagues and they they blocked the bill 
So what are some of the complications of getting aware, of creating awareness to this document or to, to filling out the survey? Are ADs aware of the Atlas Project? I know most athletic trainers are aware of it, but how do we create uh, more awareness of people so that they are able to go in and fill this out to get that data? Well, we go on podcast or you know broadcasts <laughs> like this is one, but you know just get getting it out there through the BOC, which has really helped through social media platforms, um, the publications, and and honestly, I don't think people understand what's what they make available is incredible. If you go to the um, KSI website, there's information right there, and it's incredible. I mean, it's it can blow your mind just how much information is there you know numbers can you can manipulate numbers we know that but that data that that they have on there is mind-boggling and this is this is not this is not a sample this is the population this is the the big end not the little end right so we're talking every single school we at least know if they have at services or not and then you're talking 60%, 60%, so yes, that's a sample, but in epidemiological or survey research, 20% is, 20, 10 to 20% is publishable. We're at 58% right now. You're talking a lot of people. So statistically, if you have a sample that, that, that is that large, it, it is very reflective of what the, the, the true numbers are. So, uh, but we're still pushing for that 100% for Atlas. And the more folks that take it, the better information that we can provide back to those schools. We really focus on four main things in the Atlas report, and that is AT services, so employment, locale, okay, so rural, suburban, town, city. You can slice and dice within your state by all of those locales. Uh, and then we go by public and private schools, so you can look at things through there. Um, and then we also um, look at um, level of education as well. So you can see the level of education of the services that are being provided to that school. So does that athletic trainer have a bachelor's, a master's, a PhD, et cetera? Um, and we have a lot more uh, to come uh, and future visualizations and, and things. Um, so you know the, the questions they ask about the equipment you have available, things like that. So if you're a parent and you, you truly want to move to a new area and you're concerned about your kid playing a sport and the level of care they're getting, this is the this data we're collecting is helping with that. It provides all that. It's cr- it's amazing. So one of the things that uh, Kelly Coleman had spoke about yesterday was the ratio of athletic trainers to student athletes. Um, I, and I can't remember if that was a national average, but it was around 350 student athletes to one athletic trainer. Now, yes. I, remember, I remember back in the day when I was working at uh, at the college setting, NATA or uh, I'm sorry, NCAA had a documentary. You were able to plug and play a little bit to see what appropriate uh, athletic training services you can get for the amount of student athletes. Is this something? Is Atlas going to be something that we can help or we can use to bring to our stakeholders and say, I have 1,300 student athletes. I need another athletic trainer. Is that something that we're going to be able to use Atlas for? Yeah, I, I think, you know, uh, many have talked about the AM. It's the appropriate medical care uh, for the collegiate athlete. Uh, and that document uh, was way ab- ahead of its time. And there are some, you know, areas that I think could be improved within that document. Um, I think it's a little bit more of a, of a wild animal, so to speak, in secondary schools because there's a lot of different factors that, that come into play here. Um, but I, what I do think that this does is – 
when we say that there's one athletic trainer per 350 student athletes on average in this country, what that does is that is now setting the bar, okay? So I told you there's 34%, 7,000 schools in this country that do not have AT services, okay? That means they don't have at least one. So you have three, you might have 350 kids and the national average is having at least one. So we can, we, that's the greatest potential for growth is those 7,000 schools that we can try to get at least services of some kind. Now it could be full-time, could be part-time, could be just game coverage kind of a thing, but they would still meet the requirement or come closer to having one. Um, and I think that the key thing here is private schools will be able to see um, what that ratio is and use that as as a, as a uh, means for, for hiring, right? This is the standard in the nation. You meet that standard or do you not? You it's, know? A, it's a conduit for change. Right. And, and one of the things to, to help initiate that change is the behavior of our members to create or, or to finish this document. So what are we seeing as the behavior for the com uh, completion of this? Uh, the behavior regarding Atlas has been fantastic, I would say, uh, the, you know, thus far. I think um, there's, there, we've had a lot of talk with the NATA about getting a specific PR marketing, uh, you know, initiative uh, targeting uh, the completion of Atlas. They're seeing the fruits of, of the labor that the NATA member dollars that have been coming in, that they have invested back into KSI and to the secondary school committee to be able to produce these numbers, are they're seeing the fruits of, of folks member dollars so the like this is their member dollars at work so to speak and <clears throat> i think their future marketing efforts uh, in concert with the word really being spread uh regarding atlas and i mean you see i have on my badge here at nata atlas you know participant it's people are becoming aware they're becoming knowledgeable they're asking questions and if you're not completing it you're, you're you know you're left out kind of a thing so right. Um, I think it's it's all about creating that behavior, and we're getting there, and we're not we're not going to stop. And uh, I think the NATA is behind us, and we're hoping to really make some improvements. Where can we complete the Atlas project? So you can go to the Corey Stringer Institute website, or you can just Google KSI Atlas Project, and it will pop up first thing in your web browser. And I believe we're actually going to provide a link for it as well um, on our website. Correct. Yep. So we're going to try to push it. I know in Michigan, it's it's out there. We get the word out there. Um, every state meeting we have uh, for secondary schools, it's almost number one or two on our list. We need to talk about Atlas. What are we doing, and how are we getting the word out to Atlas? And then we need we're, we're you know for us, it's easier because we're able to identify those schools now. So we have our people in their, in their certain areas. It's much so easier it's, to work with, right? So now we're, we're, Once you we're know. making it smaller <laughs> and, and saying, hey, I know these ten schools. I myself can reach out to those 10 schools and get that word out. It's a simple online tool. It's very quick and easy. Um, I think it, it takes maybe 10 minutes. Yep. The average completion time is five to 10 minutes. Okay. And uh, on the front page, when you, when you go to ksi.ucon.edu backslash NATA dash Atlas backslash, you will see that it says in red, it's helpful if you have these materials ready before you start the survey. So their MPI number if they have one, which you should have one. Uh, BOC number, your license if you're in you know any state but but California right right now. So um, you can go ahead and start completing you know, 
collecting those information and be ready for when, when you go to take it and it'll make it much more efficient process, you know, for those folks. And we have frequently asked questions there. So I encourage people to go to the frequently asked questions um, because there are unique circumstances at some schools that I think um, those frequently asked questions might help, help with. Anything else you want to include or you want to touch on? Yeah, just please com complete the survey. That's th that right now. I think is our our big push is completing that survey, and uh, that that that's going to help us. And know that we are trying to make the biggest impact that we can in what is arguably the largest area for growth in our profession. We believe is in the secondary school area. There's seven thousand schools without ATs. That's seven thousand more jobs potentially. So we it is you're you're going to only help yourself. And you're only going to improve the quality of care that you're providing if you help us with the, this survey. Rob, how can people get a hold of you? So you can email me, uh, robert.huggins at uconn.edu. And uh, we're happy to answer any questions that, that you have. Another person is Kelly Coleman. Kelly is the assistant director of Atlas. And it's K-E-L-L-Y dot Coleman, C-O-L-E-M-A-N at UConn.edu. And we, uh, we pride ourselves on getting back to people within 24, 48 hours. So, um, you know, we will address your question and we will help you out. Awesome. Larry? Coop, A-T-C-1 at gmail.com. All right. For Rob and Larry, I'm John Seco. Thank you for joining in the conversation today. Appreciate it, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you, sir.